If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands is being killed you will remain unscathed and unharmed you will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment for they will be paid back for what they have done when we live our lives within the shadow of god most high our secret hiding place we will always be shielded from harm how then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us god sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go defending you from all harm if you walk into a trap they'll be there for you and keep you from You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, 
thousands being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all. Good evening, everyone. I want to welcome you to Victor Christian Fellowship. I'm Pastor Sutton. I'm Pastor Doug. It's so good to have you here this evening. We're going to celebrate the presence of the Lord on a Wednesday night. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise that you dwell among us. And Lord, in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And tonight, Father, we just honor and glorify you. We give you all the praise for you are good. And we bless your holy and wonderful name. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness stretches to the sky.
Jesus, we exalt you. We bless you. We praise you. You're the Savior of the world. The Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah, Lord. We trust in your holy name. Thank you for your presence being here. Thank you for your power being here. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. The words that I speak to you are spirit and life. My words can activate your victory. My words are a catalyst for deliverance. My words will comfort you in trouble. They will cover you when you feel overwhelmed. My word is a life preserver that will save you from destruction. Trust in my word. Trust in my word. Trust in my word. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks and praise, Lord. Bless your holy name. Well, you may have your seats. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to read something to you. It's called Follow the Famous One. You know, Jesus' name endures forever. It says, while on earth, Jesus was by far most the famous man of his nation. He was famous because he did things no other man had ever done. He healed sick people with no medicine. He raised the dead. He walked on water. He made water into wine. And he did many other great and powerful things. He, had a, he, made, he made a lot of people very happy, but some he made very angry. So angry that they crucified him. But his fame grew. Because God raised him from the dead and seated him on the right hand of the power of God. Then many, many people on earth began following him. Since then, um, several thousand years have passed and millions still follow him. He has followers and worshipers all over the world. No one in Hollywood is that famous. He is the ultimate superstar. He is the son of the most high God. He, he, it is he alone who can give you eternal life. His name is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Well, we're glad you're here on a Wednesday. Amen. Amen. And I just want to read a scripture to you before we dismiss our kids. In Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Hallelujah. The Bible says, give... And it will be given to you. So what do you need? If there's something that you need, want, or desire, give it. Amen? And it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, 
it'll be measured to you again. So your measure determines the measure you get in return. Amen? You can have a measure or a scoop or a truckload. Glory to God. But you can give any time during the service. It's a joy to give to God. Amen? There's no pressure. But I'll tell you what, there's great reward. And uh, if you're watching online, you can give through our website as well. And Heavenly Father, I just give you thanks and praise for the givers of VCF and their gifts. I call them blessed, highly favored of you. May you... May your face shine upon them and be gracious to them and give them peace and bless them indeed in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we have some kids in this place that are going to be taught the Word of God. We love our volunteers and our kids. So kids and teachers, have a good class. Enjoy the Word. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, in studying and preparing for today and listening to the Lord, I just couldn't get past the passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8. So we're going to camp out in Deuteronomy chapter 8 tonight. Amen? How many want to just stay the same you're just satisfied with where you are what you have and what you're going to do or you could be in a group that you desire increase or more how many want to increase am i in the group of increasers tonight hallelujah did you know that god wants to connect you with the power to increase God is an increased specialist. Hallelujah. You know, we we need to be like Oliver Twist. You ever see Oliver Twist? I'd like some more, please. I'd like some more, please. Can I have some more? Amen. It's okay to have more. And uh, tonight I just want to talk to you about keys to kingdom increase which are in this chapter. Amen? So you ready to get fed some increased frosted flakes tonight? You're going to have some, you're going to have an increased pizza or, uh, um, that's all I'm going to say about increasing food. Amen? Everybody say increase. Increase is good. Increase is a God thing. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting with verse 1. I'm going to read from the King James, then I'm going to read from the Amplified. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1, he says, All the commandments, everybody say all. You know, The Bible is not a buffet. You can't pick and choose what you like. It's all good. And it's all worthy to be carried out. Every word of God is life-giving, rich, full. Amen? 
all. All the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe to do. God is concerned about what you do. That you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. God is a God who wants you to live. He wants you to multiply and he wants you to possess some things. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Everybody say more abundantly. If you don't like being born, then be born again. It's a whole lot better. Jesus is the author of life. He gave mankind life. He breathed into the nostrils of man that he created from the dirt, and, he, and the man became a living being. Everything that God does is about life. He's not the author of death. He is the author of life. Satan has used death to his advantage. He uses death as a tool because he came to John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. So if there's stealing, killing, and destroying happening around you, it's not God, it's the enemy, it's the devil, it's the liar, it's the thief. But if you want to live for God, you've got to do what he says. You're not going to have the life that God wants you to have apart from his word. Because he said, all the commandments, everybody say all the commandments. Notice he didn't say all the suggestions. A suggestion is if you feel like it or not. God doesn't care how you feel. These are commands. Why? They come from a king. They come from the one who has authority in heaven and earth. He has all the authority in heaven and earth. That's what he said before we left. Amen? These commandments which I command you this day, you shall observe to do. That you may live and multiply. Everybody say multiply. God's a mathematician. He's in multiplication. Right? Ever since he created man, the first words that God spoke to man when he created him was the blessing. I bless you and that you may increase, multiply, subdue, take dominion and replenish the earth. Right? God wants you to multiply. He wants you, he he gives you a seed and he expects that seed to produce a harvest. He wants you to be fruitful. God's a fruitful God. God's a productive God. God's an effective God. So he wants you to live, but he doesn't want you to live without stuff. He wants you to live and multiply. And then thirdly, he wants you to possess, which is one of my favorite words. He wants you to inherit. You know, when when someone receives an inheritance, a person who has accumulated some stuff, before they die, they write what's called a will, right? And that will is a legal document. And the will takes effect when the person dies. And when the person dies, everybody who was written in the will is invited to the reading of the will. And it's in the reading of the will that they discover what was given to them. 
And once you know what has been given to you, you can take that legal document and you can legally take possession of the items that are listed in the will. God wrote a will. Jesus died. And the Holy Spirit is the executor of that will. And tonight, in a service like this, you're in the reading of the will. Say, God wants me to live. God wants me to multiply. And God wants me to possess. And, but see, in order to possess some things, you've got to dispossess some people. The enemy may have your stuff. And you've got to dispossess him to take what belongs to you. Is that what they did to Canaan? Right? God gave him the land of Canaan. He said, I've given it to you. But they had to go in and possess it. Just because God gives you something doesn't mean it's automatically yours. He gives you the, he authorizes you to get it. He enables you to get it. He gives you the ability to get it, but you got to get it. Amen? God gives it to you. He says, this belongs to you. That belongs to you. This is yours. That's yours. But you got to come and get it. Amen? If you're a well-abled person and I invite you to dinner, don't expect me to feed you. I'll, I'll make the dinner. I'll prepare the food. I'll set the table. But you got to come and eat. I'm not going to spoon feed you if you're a well-capable person. Amen? Now, if you're a baby, that's another thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say, God wants me to live. God wants me to multiply. And God wants me to possess. Okay? Let me just help you define what these words are. To live means to have life. Wow, what a concept. It means to continue in life and remain alive. What kind of life does God want you to have? A defeated life or a victorious life? He wants you to be victorious in this life. And the life that he gives is eternal. It's everlasting. God is the only one that can give everlasting life. If you want to live forever, you can't do it apart from God. You've got to do it with God. All right? And it also means to be quickened and revived. And then to multiply means to increase or to become much, to grow great, to bring in abundance. These are God's words. Amen? He didn't come to give you a barely get-along life. He came to give you an abundant life. A life that's more than enough, to the full, rich. And then the word possess means to take possession of, to inherit, to dispossess, to cast out. Listen, if someone's got your stuff, you've got to cast them out. Amen? The devil likes to possess people, but God's people can cast devils out. I like what, the, what it said in the Gospels. God gives you power to cast them out. Amen? If you encounter a devil, you can cast him out. Okay? Let's go on to verse 2. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to prove you, to know what was in your heart. 
whether you would keep his commandments or not. All right? You know, you got to remember the faithfulness of God. God's been good to you. And sometimes people forget the goodness of God. You know, when God appeared to Gideon, he said, if he, he talked to God about where are all the miracles we've heard, you know, because Gideon remembered the stories of them crossing the Jordan and crossing through the Red Sea and, and conquering Jericho. And, and he says, where is, you know, if you're, if, if you're this great God, how, where are all these miracles? And, and God said, well, why don't you go in your might and save your people? Amen. The reason was there was a gap of miracles because the people disconnected from God. See, when you disconnect from God, miracles stop flowing. It's when you connect with God that miracles start growing. Amen? So we got to remember, remember how the Lord led you. All right? You got to be mindful of God. You have to have a spiritual mind. You have to have a mind that's set on heavenly things. A mind that's set on above. Amen? You got to be God inside minded more than you are fleshly minded. And we got to remember, you know, he was telling Israel, look, remember how I led you for 40 years. They, they, they ate in the wilderness. They drank water in the wilderness. Their clothes didn't even wear out. Their feet didn't swell. God took care of them in the wilderness. If he could take care of them in the wilderness, can he take care of you today? We just got to trust him. Everybody say, I shall not forget. Whenever you're feeling kind of low, well, let me, let me say it this way. Abraham's wife, Sarah, couldn't conceive. She struggled to conceive, and they were married for a long time, and God promised them that they were going to have a son. And the Bible gives us some insight into what gave Sarah strength to conceive. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:11, she considered the faithfulness of God. She began to remember when God called him out of Ur. She began to remember when God protected them in Egypt. She began to remember how God led them through uh, the wilderness as, as they moved their tent from this location to that location. Uh, and the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, the greatness of God. And when Sarah considered these things, what she's doing, she's remembering. She's considering. When she considered the faithfulness of God, boom, shazam, Faith, strength came to her and she was able to conceive. Something powerful happens when you remember God. You know, the Bible says to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only because if we don't do the word and just hear it, we end up being a forgetful hearer. What happens when you forget what God did? You forfeit your promises, you forfeit your blessings and your uh, benefits. If, you forget, if you're a forgetful hearer, you forfeit your benefits and your blessings. Amen? How many has ever lost their keys? 
and you don't know how to hotwire a car. (laughs) And you have an appointment that you need to get to. It's frustrating, isn't it? See, when things are out of your mind, you can't use them. You can't access them. Amen? Say, I'm remembering what the Lord did for me. Hallelujah. Verse 3. Keys to kingdom increase. Number one, you, you got to be a doer of the word. You got to do the commandments. Okay, verse three. And he humbled you and suffered you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you knew not. Neither did your fathers know that he might make you to know uh, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness and he had fasted for 40 days and he was on the 40th day and that's when you're on the brink of starvation. And the Bible says that he was hungered, right? And the devil said, if you're the son of God, first of all, there was no question as to whether or not he was the son of God. Jesus knew he was the son of God. He didn't have to answer Satan that. He said, if you're the son of God, turn these stones to bread. He quoted Deuteronomy chapter 8. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God is livable. You can live on the word. Amen? You know the interesting thing about manna? You know what the word means? It means what is it? When manna appeared, they didn't know what it was, so they called it manna. What is it? They didn't know how it got there. They didn't know how God did it, but they could grind it. They could bake it. They could cook it with oil. They could make meal out of it. It it sustained them. They didn't know what they were going to eat, so God gave them bread from heaven. And Jesus said, I am the real bread from heaven. Yeah, you ate manna in the wilderness, but I'm the real bread. Take a bite out of me. Amen? We have to live by the word of God. We have to be committed to the word of God. We have to be committed to do what it says so that we can have what it promises. Doing the word unlocks God's treasure chest. Now, his benefits are not by works. We're not saved by works. But once we get saved, there's work to be done. And you do it by faith. See, God will get you into a place sometimes where he wants to see what's in your heart. He wants to see what you believe. Actually, it's a test for you to see what you really believe. Because God knows the heart anyway, right? You remember when he, he told Abraham? Abraham had believed God for Isaac for 25 years. And for 25 years, him and Sarah went to the places where God led them. And for 25 years, he was believing God for a son. He was holding on to the promise. There were some times where he doubted, but God encouraged him. Amen? And then Isaac was born. Can you imagine believing God for 25 years for something, 
and then it shows up, and then God asks you to offer it as a sacrifice? Are you going to love God more than anything else in that moment? That was it. See, God doesn't tempt, but he tests. And I've said this before. Every test that God gives a person is an open book test. You can always refer to the book. You can open it up to get the answers. Plus, you got the Holy Spirit. He'll help you find the right answer in the book where you don't know where to begin. So sometimes God will get you to a place where he's going to test you to see what you believe. But that's really for you. And remember what Abraham did? He he was going to go through with it. See, he had walked with God. He knew the faithfulness of God. And he, he, he was there. He was going to go through with it. And then God said, now I know that you trust God with all your heart. You're not, you're not going to withhold anything from God. Amen? And he says, in blessing, I will bless you. Woo, glory. All right, let's go to verse 4. The raiment or your clothing wax not old upon you, neither did your foot swell these 40 years. Supernatural sustenance. Supernatural provision. You know, when you're in the wilderness, you're bound to rip something. Amen? You're in a rocky desert terrain. You're, you're, you're kind of roughing it. You know, you're bound to rip something. But God said the clothes, um, they didn't wax old. God supernaturally kept their clothes and their feet didn't swell. Why? So they always could walk smooth. They always could walk the path. They, they, their feet didn't hurt. Glory to God. Supernatural. But that was in the wilderness. If God will do that in the wilderness, what will, what, will he, what will he do for you in the promised land? Guess what? We're not in the wilderness anymore. Amen? A wilderness is only a temporary time in your life. But God, God never meant you to live in the wilderness forever. Eventually, they got out of the wilderness. Right? They got into the promised land. All right? Verse 5, you shall also consider in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord God chastens you. Oh, did you know that the Christian life involves instruction and discipline? God is a father, all right? Go with me to a uh, Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. We'll, we'll come back to Deuteronomy But go to Proverbs chapter 1 for just a second. What are we learning tonight? Keys to kingdom increase. Proverbs. Actually, let's go to Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs chapter 5, verse 12. Listen to this person. He says, How have I hated instruction... And my heart despised reproof and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to them that instructed me. I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation and assembly. When we don't follow instruction and we don't yield to discipline, things aren't going to turn out well for us. Amen? In the kingdom... In our journeys with God, 
We don't know everything, and there are times when God has to correct us. God has to discipline us. But the Bible says if he didn't discipline you, he didn't, doesn't love you. Amen? Now, God's discipline is not hard, but it's necessary so that you get on the straight path. Amen? How many would want to be warned if you're going the wrong way and you're traveling 55 miles an hour and the bridge is out and you don't know it and there's no sign and you keep going? don't, Don't you want someone to tell you you're going the wrong way? Amen? Listen, God loves us, but he does discipline us and he does instruct us. All right, go to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. And verse 1, whoso loves instruction loves knowledge, but he that hates reproof is brutish. That's a King James word for stupid. (laughs) If you hate being corrected, then the Bible calls you stupid. I did not say that. I'm quoting the Bible. Or to make you feel better, brutish. (laughs) But that's a person who hates reproof or being corrected. Guess what? Human beings have limited knowledge. God has unlimited knowledge. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, let's go back. Let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 8. I heard a man sing a song one time. It was based on the Beach Boys tune. He said, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. I saw him at a church in Illinois, Mike Dacey. He he played guitar for the Beach Boys, for Elvis, and for a couple other people too. But then he got saved. Amen. <laughs> you know I have I have fun preaching. Hallelujah. All right, Deuteronomy eight verse six. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in His ways and to fear Him. That means honor and reverence and respect Him. Notice this is the second time that he's telling us to uh, keep the commandments, right? Do the commandments. If you want to please God, do his commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. Your obedience is proof of love. When God tells you to do something, he expects you to do it. Say, God expects me to do what he says. Okay? Now, verse 7, he starts to talk about the land that God wants you to have. Okay? That God's bringing you into. All right? Verse 7, this is the land. Everybody say, my land. All right? He says, for the Lord your God... Brings you into what kind of a land? Say a good land. 
God only knows how to give good things. The Bible says every good and perfect gift come down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there's no variance, nor shadow of turning. He said, God only knows how to give good gifts. Amen? He never gives anything bad. He never gives anything that will harm you. Right? Okay? He brings you into a good land, a land of brooks of water. Now, if you're a farmer, you need water. If you have cattle, you need water. Amen? I want you to think of the richness and the abundance and the increase that he's talking about here. Who's going to bring you into this land? God's going to bring you into this land, right? The Lord your God. Okay? And of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills. Boy, I tell you, well-watered, lush, green, rich, fertile. Why? God's people need to eat well. Say, God's bringing me into a rich land. He's bringing me into a land of abundance. He's bringing me into a land of plenty. These are words to get excited about. Amen? Verse 8, a land of wheat and barley, bread, pizza, all kinds of things, and vines and fig trees, grapes and figs, and pomegranates, and a land of oil, olive, and honey. Hallelujah. Verse 9, check this out. These are keys to kingdom increase. A land where you shall eat bread without scarceness. Someone say amen. amen. Oh, hallelujah. A land where you can, listen, when Jesus fed the 5,000 men, not counting women and children, you're talking about 15,000, 20,000 people, right? Did, did he tell the people, only take a little? Just take a, a little pinch and it'll do you. No, he, this little boy, brought two fish and five loaves, right? Now, they weren't these big French loaves that you see in the grocery store. They were probably much smaller. You're talking about a boy seven to nine years old and his lunch, okay? And he gives his lunch to Jesus. He must have been related to the disciples because they said, Lord, we found a boy who's got some lunch. Any boy that's willing to give up his lunch, that's a godly boy. (laughs) Amen? So he gives his lunch to Jesus. He puts it in the hands of the master. Jesus blesses it. He he speaks the blessing over it, and, and it multiplies. He starts feeding them fish and bread, fish and bread. They ate until they were full. There was no limit as to how many plates they could have. How many times they could get filled up. And after everyone ate, 20,000 people, after everyone ate and were full, there were leftovers. Why? God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. You can eat bread without scarceness. There's no scarceness in God's kingdom. There's no lack in God's kingdom. There's no inefficiency in God's kingdom. There's no inflation in God's kingdom. God, I mean, he told ravens to feed a prophet. 
bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening. Those were the first Ubers, Uber dinners. Right? These, these ravens came. They had bread and meat. Right? And Elijah was there, and they would place that bread and meat because God commanded the ravens to take care of him. God can use ravens to feed you. He can bring water out of a rock. He can rain bread down from heaven. Nothing is too hard for God. You will eat your bread without scarceness. We need to eliminate lack from our mindsets. Say, in the name of Jesus, any mindset of lack, I break you now. Go in Jesus' name. Thank you, I'm free from lack. Hallelujah. When you're free from lack, you don't have to turn back. You will eat your bread without scarceness. Oh, and you shall not lack anything in it, verse 9. That's the rest of verse 9. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills may you dig brass. God included an earth full of minerals for us to excavate, for us to dig out and to utilize and to use. Everything we need to live abundantly is in this earth. It's right here, right now. You know, I read a statistic. Since 20, I think it was 2020, $42 trillion of wealth have been created in the world, all over in the earth. $42 trillion with a T. Now, if you need money, God's not going to rain it from heaven because he's not a counterfeiter. He will use another person that has money to give it to you. God will cause men to give into your bosom. Amen? So if you need money, God will get money to you. How many believe that God can get money to you? Oh, Peter, Jesus, you need to pay your temple tax. Well, my treasure is not here. And I left my wallet at home. What are we going to do? Peter, Go the first fish you catch, it's going to have two coins in his mouth. One for you, one for me. Taxes. Right? How are you going to pay your taxes? Go fishing. Go fish. Right? <laughs> okay, verse 10. This is the same thing that he did in multiplying the fish and loaves. When you have eaten and are full. When you eat and are full, this is a danger zone. Then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. The problem is, it's the danger zone because when we're full, sometimes we don't feel like blessing the Lord. We feel like napping. But when you have eaten and are full, your response should be to bless the Lord, to praise the Lord, to show gratitude and thanks to God for his goodness. We need to be expert thanksgivers. We need to thank God for everything. Amen? 
Anything good happens in your life, thank the Lord. Anything bad happens in your life, thank him that uh, you've been delivered. Amen? Okay. Verse 11. Beware that you forget not the Lord your God. See, if you forget him, you forfeit your benefits and your blessing. Okay? And not, see, if you forget him, you, you don't keep his commandments. What, what, what did God say? If you don't know what he said, you can't do it. Right? Beware that you forget not the Lord your God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command you this day. Forgetting is not keeping. See, where is the best place, the safest place, the most secure place to keep God's word in your heart. God created your heart as a vault for his word that has unlimited storage capacity. Because wherever you go, you have your heart with you. Amen? And wherever, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you need to make a withdrawal, you can draw it out of your heart. Your heart is like the clip of a pistol. The, the clip holds the ammo, right? And we, have, we can store unlimited ammo in our hearts, right? One time I was preaching in a youth group in Atlanta. And uh, my friend had a three fifty seven Magnum six-inch barrel nickel-plated. And so I brought that to the youth group. And I told them that their heart was the chamber. The word is the ammo and their mouth is the trigger. Hallelujah. Say, I'm loaded for God. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right. Look at your neighbor and say, don't forget what God has done. See, to not be a forgetful Hearer, you keep it before you and you do it constantly and continually. That's how you not forget what God said. Amen? All right, verse 12. See, what happens is when you forget, and he says, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built goodly houses. Does God mind you living in a goodly house? No, not at all. You can have a mansion. Doesn't matter. You can have more than one. Amen? The Bible says everyone, this is the gospel. Everyone who left houses, father, mother, sister, brethren, will receive a hundredfold in this lifetime. When I left Illinois to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, do you know what? Families took me in. There was a family who I had known because the lady attended the church that I went to in Illinois. And she was uh, married and she was living in Tulsa. And my first night in Tulsa was a Wednesday night. My parents had just left. And I laid on my uh, apartment floor bawling my eyes out. Right? And I went to church that night. 
So here was a, a single man following God's plan in, in a totally different location. And I'm sitting on a front row like this because there was, you know, no seats in front of me. And wouldn't you know, this family saw me and they came over. And guess what? They took me out for dinner that night. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, when you, when you leave things for God, God will have people along the way to take care of you, to provide for you. Amen. A woman provided a room for a prophet. She built an addition just for a prophet on her house. When you follow God's plan, God will have people where you need to be to help you and to encourage you. Amen. Hallelujah. And you build goodly houses and dwell in it. You know, God wants you to build a nice house and live in it. Verse 13, and when your herds and your flocks, what, what are they doing? Your herds and your flocks, what was that word after that? God's a multiplier. What's your herds and your flocks? That's any income. Amen? In God's kingdom, there's no such thing as a fixed income. There's only fixed income in the world. And you've got to ask yourself, who fixed it? If they fixed it... They did a poor job. You better go, go to someone that can unfix it. You know how you can increase your kingdom? I mean, increase your income? Increase your seed. See, in the God's kingdom, it's seed time and harvest. But in the world, it's not like that way. But in God's kingdom, that's how it is. You want to increase your kingdom? Increase your seed. Increase your planting. When your herds and your fox, flocks multiply <laughs> and your silver and your gold is what? Do, do you see how God wants to multiply everything? Yeah. All right. And all that you have is what? Then in your heart be lifted up. See, Nebuchadnezzar, he was the poster child for pride. Because Nebuchadnezzar, he was walking around Babylon. And he was saying, oh, look at this great kingdom that I have built. All these beautiful things and wonderful things that I have done. I mean, he was a little vain because he built a statue of himself and wanted people to worship him. He's so vain, I bet, this th- I bet he thinks the song is about him. Well, in his failure... To recognize God, he became like an ox. His nails grew, his hair grew, and he dew was on his back, and he felt the urge to have salad all the time. He ate grass like an ox out in the field. You know, God has a way of humbling people. <laughs> you know, uh, anyway, after he, that was just for a time and a season. And when he got done being an ox, you know what he did? He praised God. (laughs) Even oxes can learn lessons. Then verse 14, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought you forth water out of the rock of flint, who led you in the wilderness with manna, 
or fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers knew not, that he might humble you and that he might prove you uh, to do you good at your latter end. And you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. No, it hasn't. There's no such thing as a self-made man. Why? Man doesn't break the brain. Man doesn't provide strength. Amen? God made the brain. He gave you the strength. He gave you the creativity to use your talents, skills, and abilities. Be careful when you start exalting yourself when things are going good and you leave out God. God is the author of good. He's the author of life. He needs to be exalted. Amen? Now, here's the key. Verse 18. But you shall remember the Lord your God. Ever say the Lord my God. You've got to make God personal. He didn't say the Lord someone else's God. He didn't say the Lord my distant relative God. Right? He said the Lord my God. You've got to, God is into personal relationship, personal connection. God's a personal God. He became a man. He walked this earth. All right? So you've got to remember the Lord your God. It is he that gives you power. Say, God gives me power. Woo! He's, he's the source of power, and he gives you power. What does he give you power to do? He gives you power to get what? Wealth. Hallelujah. Say, God gives me power to get wealth. Hallelujah. You live in the land of opportunity. You can do pretty much anything in America to earn money, right? You can invest. You can work. You can invent. You can create. You can sing. You can act. People get paid to be someone they're not. That's amazing. They get paid to live in a make-believe, a set that's not real. God has given me, say God has given me, power. That's resurrection power. That's dunamis power. That's ability. Power to what? Power to get wealth. To get wealth. If God gives you the power to get wealth, he doesn't mind you being wealthy. Amen? What is wealth? Hallelujah. Wealth is strength. It's efficiency. It's abundance. It's affluence. It's prosperity. It's riches. It's revenue. It's uh, assets, capital, fortune, opulence, plenty, lucre. <laughs> That's an old English word. Plenty. Everybody say abundance. Okay, after I read every one of these words, I want you to cheer. Okay? Well, I don't feel like cheering. Yeah, the, no, the, 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 the preacher said cheer, so you're going to cheer. Abundance. Woo! Prosperity. Woo! Riches. Assets, net worth, plenty, opulence, fortune. Doesn't that feel good? It makes religious people nervous. 
No, absolutely not. Why did God write to give you the power to get wealth if he didn't want you to have wealth? Why did God give Solomon, who asked for wisdom, he gave him wisdom, honor, and wealth. He gave him wisdom that he asked for, but he wealth that he didn't ask for. Who gave it to Solomon? God did. Why does God want us to have wealth? So that we can take care of us and help others. Abraham was blessed to be a what? To be a blessing. Well, you can't be a blessing if you're not blessed. You can't help others if you don't have anything. Amen? But God's given us the power to get wealth. These are keys in this chapter of kingdom increase. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wealth is abundant supply, having more than enough. Did you know that God has never suffered a supply line issue? I'm sorry, uh, my children, the angels are on strike this today. They're not able to deliver you what you asked for. God's never had a supply line shortage. He could get something to you anywhere on the planet. Hallelujah. What did God give you power to do? To get wealth. You need to get it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 19. And it shall be, if you do at all forget the Lord your God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day, you shall surely perish. Isn't it interesting? When Moses was called up by God on Mount Sinai. And there he was enveloped in the glory of God. Lightning, thunder, clouds came on that mountain. People heard the thunder. It shook the mountain right. And Moses went up into that. Okay? And God gave him commandments, right? Commandment number one was to love the Lord your God with, you know, right? Put God first. Commandment number two was don't make any idols. So Moses was up on the mountain for 40 days. Everybody say for 40 days. Israel couldn't keep it together for a month and 10 days. Okay? So a month and 10 days, they're getting nervous because Moses hasn't come down yet. Right? So what do they do? They break the first two commandments. They put another God and they make an idol. They make a cow out of gold. And I love what Aaron said. You know, the Bible says that he gathered the earrings and the rings of gold and he formed and fashioned it. Through it. But he told Moses, he said, I just threw the gold into a fire and out came this calf. Liar, liar, pants on fire. And they wanted this cow to lead them. But in order for the cow to lead them, they had to move the cow. The cow couldn't move itself. That's, see, that's what an idol does. An idol can't speak. An idol can't walk. An idol doesn't do it. But they're worshiping this idol. Oh, th- th- this cow's going to lead us. Okay, let's get the cow. We've got to move the cow. Okay, let's follow the cow. Now let's move the cow again. Let's follow the cow again. 
Oh. But see, you know, we can make a lot of things idols today. Be careful what you spend more time on something than with God. So when we get into, when we forget God and get into idolatry, we will perish. Is it God's will for people to perish? The Bible says it's God's will for none to perish, but that all would come to repentance. So what did God give you power to do? To get wealth. Say, I'm a wealth getter. I think of creative ways to get wealth. God wants me wealthy. I mean, abundant life wasn't cheap. Aren't you glad that God didn't spare any expense in saving you? Aren't you glad that Jesus made it all the way to the cross and he didn't stop halfway? You know, he spared, God spared no expense. What did he do? He gave his very best. You think it's easy to leave heaven and come to earth? Where heaven has no darkness and you come to earth and it's dark eight hours a day. There's no pain in heaven and you come to earth and people are in pain. There's no sorrow in heaven and you come to earth and people are in sorrow. But you know what? Jesus didn't think twice about coming. Amen? Aren't you glad he came? He came for you. He came for me. He came for us so that we could have an abundant life. He gave us power to get wealth. Amen? And as long as we do the word and put God first and worship him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength. Amen? When we're connected to God, then wealth will, will be resulted as, as a result of it. Amen? When we're walking with God, he'll take care of us. He'll provide for us. He'll keep us. He'll sustain us. Hallelujah. He'll sustain you when you're young. He'll sustain you when you're older. Glory to God. He'll enrich your life. Go with me to Psalm 65. Last verse, then I'm done. Psalm 65. Hallelujah. Mm. Glory to God. Psalm 65. Look at verse 9. You visit the earth. Earth, we have a visitor. (laughs) And water it. God visits the earth. What are you doing, God? I'm watering the earth. Why Why do people water their plants? So they stay green. So they grow. So they look beautiful. Amen? God visits the earth. He waters it. He greatly enriches it with the river of God, which is full of water. Oh, there's a river of God. You know what? The river of God makes people glad. There's a river of God whose streams make glad the city of God. Who's the city of God? We are the city of God. God's got a river. 
You prepare the corn when you have so provided for it. Verse 10, you water the ridges thereof. We're, we're, we're just off a ridge road. He waters it abundantly. Oh, there's, there's an abundance of water here. You settle the furrows thereof. You make it soft with showers. You bless the springing thereof. You crown the year with your goodness. Notice, he crowns the year with your goodness. The Bible says he watches from beginning of the year to the end of the year to make sure that your stuff is protected, to make sure that your stuff is taken care of, to bless you. God will move heaven and earth to bless you. That's just the kind of God he is. And your paths drop fatness. <laughs> they drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. When you have an abundance, when you discover increase of the kingdom, it brings joy and gladness. It makes you happy. You don't get sad about it. You get happy about the abundance of God. Hallelujah. I think we need to get happy. I think we need to get happy. God has visited VCF. And he is watering the people of VCF. He's making sure you got enough grain. He's leading you out in green pastures. He's leading you beside still waters. He's anointing your head with oil and your cup is running over. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Hallelujah. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. His rod and his staff, his spirit and his word comfort you. Hallelujah. Keys to kingdom increase. It doesn't matter what your age is. If you have faith in God, you have all you need to succeed. You have all you need to increase. Amen. And, and God will load you up. The Bible says he daily loads us with benefits. Okay, it's Wednesday. Do, 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 do. What's that? That's the truck coming to load you with benefits. Do, 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 do. You're covered with all this stuff. What, what, what you got there? These are the daily, day, everyone say daily benefits that the Lord gives me. Hallelujah. Everybody stand to your feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is wanting some people who will believe him in this. Amen. It doesn't matter what your age is. You have faith in God. You can. I'm telling you, Abraham, he was anointed to produce life. And he had Isaac, Right? And Sarah died, and he married again, 